the one that's worthy. We're so glad to see you this morning. Turn around and greet four or five people. Say hi to them. Say hi. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we want to greet you. We want to say good morning and uh, so glad to see you. And um, I am a visitor here today. <laughs> oh, we've been gone the last couple of weeks. And so it's been a, vi- a very busy stretch for Julie and I and our family. And um, we're just so happy to be back and happy to worship God this morning and stuff. And so the last two Sundays we were traveling back on the road. And so um, about three weeks ago we got a phone call on um, Thursday night. And um, this um, a friend of mine, his wife called and said that uh, her husband was near death and that if you wanted to see him you should come. And so we've known... Robin and Carol for a lot of years. It was Robin Roberts. I mean, you know Robin Roberts. Anyone know? Yeah. So, um, you know, and so he wasn't doing well in his health, and so we went and and um, <clears throat> just a good, been a good friend for a lot of years, a good mentor, traveled with him, good peer, uh, like a brother. And so um, we went to see him and got did get a chance to see him, and and then uh, we come back, and then we had a Another family where um, <clears throat> their girls grew up next door to us when not too long after we got married, we were living in Des Moines, Iowa. Or where were we living at? Urbandale, Urbandale, Iowa. And um, so their kids grew up, young kids, our kids, and uh, got to know their family real well. They ended up moving to Texas, and we moved someplace legitimate, like south of, south of Des Moines. <laughs> And uh, and uh, so they were living in Texas, and their kids grew up. And then um, I had done this family's funeral for this lady's mom. That was the very first funeral I ever did. I was associate pastor, did this lady's funeral. Then um, her uh, dad died, did his funeral. Then uh, their oldest daughter, when she got married, I did her wedding. And the youngest daughter didn't. I didn't do her wedding uh, because she wanted to get married fast. So. She they went to the Justice of Peace and got married and just stayed in contact with them for years. And the youngest daughter had three kids and the oldest boy was in school in Texas and he committed suicide. And so um, they asked if I would do the funeral. I mean, what are you going to say there? And um, <coughs> these, and, you know, and they know very little about the things of God, this family. And so I said, sure. Well, then right after that, um, Robin passed away, and they asked if I would do the funeral. What are you going to do there? So so we ended up doing two funerals in four days, and um, it's real heavy, you know, with the uh, one with the suicide. You know, uh, let me say something about suicide. You know, 
I was having a conversation, and suicide is rampant in our country today because people don't know about God. You know, they don't know about God, and so, uh, you know, that's where we need to be sensitive to the things of God. I remember when I was in the restaurant business, one of my employees came home. He was all the way from school at Christmas time, and I knew he was a mess. He didn't look good. He was down and depressed. I said, we need to talk before you leave. Got busy, just spaced it off, and then he went back to school, and he committed suicide. And um, I remember that I lacked sensitivity there in that situation. So we ministered as best we could at the funeral and to the family and to the friends. Young man, 20 years old, 20 years old. And a lot of young people there gave a salvation message. And then I was able, during before I gave the salvation message, I was able to live, uh, lead one of his friends to the Lord. Just sit down, just sit down talking to him. Just talk to him about Jesus. And I believe he's a young man that has a call of God on his life. So I was rejoicing that we led someone to the Lord. And um, so we left that funeral. They went to um, uh, Brother Rob and Robert's funeral and had a lot of ministers there, people I haven't seen in a lot of years, traveled on mission trips with them and stuff like that. And it was good. And we survived, and then after that, I had nothing left in the tank. <laughs> and uh, got back, and and uh, Julie did a lot of driving, and so it was, we're on the road a lot, and then uh, I got back, and some of you don't know this, I'll let you know, on Mondays, on Monday afternoon, I do have, I quit my job at Sam's to go full-time here, but I do work Monday afternoons between 1 and uh, and I'm a care partner for Anderson Windows, and um, I work for Marketplace Chaplains, and so they send chaplains into the workforce all across America. Some of the largest companies like IBM and chicken factories and automobile factories, and we go in and we care for their employees because they sense that their employees need God. Can you believe that? <laughs> Thank God somebody understands that. And they really exploded with growth after COVID. And so a friend of mine said, you know, you should look into it. And I thought, well, it's a good way to uh, talk about Jesus. And there's people that may end up coming to our church someday. So I just figured I'll take advantage of it. So on Monday afternoons, uh, I do that from 1 to 6. And uh, so I got back on Sunday, work Monday. It was just a busy stretch. So I'm just one happy guy to be home. And uh, I'm tired of looking at gas stations. <laughs> but we thank you for holding things down for us while we're gone. Uh, Reverend Brad and Gene Lawrence was here a couple of weeks Sundays ago. Did they do a good job? All right, well, good. We haven't been able to look at any of the videos. Today was the first time I saw uh, just a little clip of Brad and Gene. And um, so we're very thankful that they were here and able to minister of course, they used to have a church here in New Richmond, and they live here in New Richmond. And so we thought that they have known Brad and Gene for a number of years, and so we thought it was good for them to come in and fill in. And Pastor Nick and Mariah filled in to give them a big round of applause. So glad you guys could do that last week. <laughs> Haven't heard his message either, but if he told you who the Antichrist was, don't believe him. <laughs> no, he, he didn't do that, but... Uh, so glad that you guys can minister last week, but we'll eventually get to listen to both their messages. So anyway, just wanted to give you an update on what was going on there. 
Uh, in that process, we had to cancel our men's fellowship, and so we will get it rescheduled, guys, and we'll get it back on the books there. We've got to figure out our calendar and stuff like that. So we will get that back on the calendar uh, later on. All right. Let's see here. A couple of things here. Um, got a lot. Um, <clears throat> here recently, uh, I, I just really want to, you know, part of my job as a pastor is to equip people to do the work of the ministry. How many of you know ministries work? Amen. Yeah, someone says the gospel is free. Well, yeah, it's free unless you put it on TV. Then they ask you to pay. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, um, you know, there's, uh, it, it takes work, and I just really want to encourage you. I've had the Lord speak to me about a number of things here um, recently, and um, uh, one of the things he talked about, uh, he spoke to me about, uh, he talked to me about before this new year started about um, in the year 2024 that the Lord, he said to me, he said, I've got n new things for my people. Many of my people have new things for them, but sadly, many of them won't be able to receive the new because they won't let go of the old. And so, you know, and I thought, well, that's sad. And so we ministered along those lines about leaving old things behind and grabbing hold of the new. And it just doesn't happen because the year flipped over one day and it's January 1st. God's always got new things. Amen? And um, I had a, someone challenge me here recently. He said, um, he said, what new things are you doing this year that uh, you w weren't doing last year? And then... Uh, same guy says, what new things are you doing now that you weren't doing 10 years ago? You know, if you're, not, if you're just doing the same thing you did 10 years ago and you haven't added anything new, you've got to add some stuff in there, right? Because we go from glory to glory, right? So I really want to challenge you to stay open to what God would have you to do. You know, there's plenty of things to do here in the Ministry of Help. So we've been working on our video um, the last several weeks with different cameras and stuff, and so uh, uh, the quality is greatly improved. Thank God, Pastor Peter Monor Monor Monair, thank you, came over to help us, uh, and uh, our video quality has improved. And so we're looking for some people to work the camera back there. Uh, just one Sunday a month, if you got four or five people, doesn't doesn't have to wear anyone out, but. Uh, we want to po start posting our messages online. It will help our church to grow. Amen? So we could use some help in that area, right? And then we've been believing God here to add to our worship team. We've got a keyboard that's just been uh, sitting around collecting dust. And um, we've been believing for people to play the keyboard. Uh, so we're going to be adding in that area. And then um, the Lord has dealt with me on a number of times about our church growing. And you may sit here and think like not much is happening. You're, you're absolutely wrong. There are things going on spiritually. I had a visitation from God in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God moved in one of our services, and then everything moved almost immediately. It was a very powerful experience. So I thought, wow. 
our church is going to grow, Lord. He showed me something, and I thought, dear God, I'd never seen anything like that. It was like in an instant. It was like boom, like someone fired a gun, and you're off to the races. And then <clears throat> a couple of days after that, um, <clears throat> my daughter, Amanda, came in and said, Dad, I had a dream, and our church was just all of a sudden just full of people. And then someone else said the same thing to me. So if you think that we're always going to be this size, you're highly mistaken. You better start getting ready for growth. And I forgot to be talking to me that much. I said, God, I'm not deaf. I got it. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, you know, we have people missing here today. There's four families that aren't here today just because of people being sick. Either they themselves are sick or someone in their family is sick. And so we got people missing today just because they're not feeling well. But we're growing as a church, right? And so we're going to have to stretch ourselves some. And we're going to have to start making room for people. And uh, we need to love people. We start putting these videos online. It'll help, it'll help us out tremendously. But I just really want to prepare you as your pastor that we are on the move. We are Impact Church uh, uh, nicknamed Church on the Move. <laughs> it's both. And so that's taking place. Another thing the Lord spoke to me about, and it was in prayer one Sunday morning. If you're available to be here early on Sunday morning in prayer, we got prayer Sunday morning. I also have it Thursday afternoon. Miss Bobby back there leads prayer. Give her a big round of applause. We appreciate Miss Bobby. Come, you can come uh, Thursday afternoon, 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and they've been praying. They pray up a storm, man. I'll tell you what. But it's helped since they've started praying for our church. And, um, you know, you can pray on Sunday mornings. But during a Sunday morning prayer, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, Pastor Mo, and he called me Pastor Mo. And I thought, well, that's good that God acknowledges my office. <laughs> Not everyone will acknowledge your office, but God does, you know. He said, things are going to get better for you. Things are going to get better for you personally. Things are going to get better for your wife. Things are going to get better for your family, and things are going to get better for your church. Now, that's the second time I've shared that. Why? Because you got to hear it. <laughs> I need someone to grab a hold of it that things are going to get, you're here in the church, aren't you? Well, if he spoke that to me, that's for you, so you should grab a hold and run with it. And don't just expect things to get worse or your life start thinking about things getting better. Amen? And so I like that. So... Just wanted to remind you of that. And so uh, two weeks ago, I had planned on Sunday morning, I wanted to talk to you about um, our church is growing. And, you know, there are things that you have to do, just practical wisdom. There's just wisdom, wisdom, just practical wisdom, right, you know? And, um, you know, if you got a teenager that's turning 16 and they want a car, how many know? You got to start looking for a car for them or find, uh, put some money aside or whatever if, they, if they're going to have a car, right? And uh, you got to help them out there if you want, you know, thank God when they get a car because they can run to the grocery store for you, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so um, I have been thinking about this for a while, but uh, as of today, we're starting a building fund. And uh, we had some people that have already given to, uh, you, got that, you got that logo out? We're going to start a building fund right there. And someone says, well, why do you need a building fund? Because we need a building. <laughs> and, uh, 
And, uh, you know, thank God we're here, and we, we leased this at a really good price. I mean, it's a blessing um, that we're here at this place, but uh, we need a place of our own. And, um, and in order to do that, you need some money. And so if we were to have, like, that building across the street from us was for sale about two or three months ago, it was for sale, and it was $750,000 for that building. And so you need about, if you're going to buy a piece of commercial property, you need about a 20% down payment to buy a commercial piece of property. And then your interest rate usually is a variable interest rate tied on a five-year loan, uh, maybe a three-year loan. I wouldn't take a three-year loan. I'd make them give me a five-year loan. Don't take it. If you buy commercial property, don't settle. For, find another place. And so, um, but a variable rate, five year, then they adjust the interest rate after five years or whatever. Uh, if we were to find a place that we could lease ourselves, um, then you, sell, you usually have a three, five, or 10 year lease that you would have to sign. And then there's remodeling of that place. So um, Living Waters Church, which is one of the new churches um, in the organization, just actually found a, a building and they had been remodeling and they signed the lease and they had to put some walls up and put a f redo the floor and put in some put in a kids classroom and buy some equipment and some furniture and some music stuff and all that takes money how I many you know that takes money right and so that's the purpose of the building fund and so hey joe put that back up <laughs> i'm not through <laughs> And so that's the purpose of a building fund right there. And so um, if you give in the, uh, what I'd like for you to do is, is think about what you can do to contribute to help us in that area. Now, the building fund is um, uh, not your tithes and offering. How many of you know that, right? That's above and beyond that. So don't take your tithes and offering and put it toward the building fund because once we put it in the building fund, we can only use it for things pertaining to the building, like the purchasing of equipment, the putting down of a down payment, things like that, right? You guys got that, right? And so we're going to start our, our building fund. So we have $295.50 in our building fund. And so we will keep you updated on where we're at with our building fund. But by faith, we will have another place, and when we get there, we'll have the money. How many of you are in agreement with us, right? Now, how does this work? We expect God to bless you guys. Look at your neighbor and say, expect to be blessed. You got to expect God to bless you, amen? You know, Jewish people, they, they still live under the old covenant, but there's a lot of rich Jewish people in America today because they just expect God to bless them. And yet they don't even live for God. And so we should expect God to bless us financially. And then as God blesses you, just put something in. So you can do it every week. You can contribute to the building fund. You can set a price. Talk, husbands and wives, talk it over. What, what, what could we believe God for to put in into this or whatever, you know? And um, we'll just, it'll be fine. You guys got me, right? And we're, we're going to be moving, and we'll have some place eventually, but we're, we need to use some wisdom there, amen? Uh, <clears throat> I know what our first home we bought it. We couldn't have bought our first home until we saved up some down payment money. And we did, and thank God that helped us get going on our first home. And so that's why we're talking to you about that. So 
Um, so if you're going to give to the building fund on your envelope, in the blank space, just put building fund, write it in there, and you can donate money toward that, and we'll keep you updated on that. And that's just faith and wisdom. You guys got it? If you got any questions, see me after the service, and we'll help you answer that. All right? And then, um, and then um, what was it else? I'm missing something. I got off my notes. I left my notes. Joe, what else we got over there? Thank you, Joe. Connection Sunday. That's right. Sunday, February 25th at Mallard's Restaurant. How many have ever eaten at Mallard's? Mallard's is a nice restaurant. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit more pricier, but uh, what we'll do is we'll have a sign-up sheet because we want them, they can reserve a table in their restaurant where we can all sit together. And so next week we'll have a copy of their menu here so you can look it over. Uh, but if you want to come and hang out with us at Mallard's after the <laughs> Sunday service, that'd be great. And Char, be sure to see me because you asked me a question two weeks ago and I need to give you... I got the answer for that. Okay. I hadn't forgot about you. I just hadn't been here. <laughs> and so uh, we got that. And uh, uh, on the, um, we did our, our, we gave you our vision statement at the, at the beginning of the year. You guys remember that? We gave you a card with our vision statement. You know, impacting families by strengthening marriages and strong men's and women's ministry locally and abroad. So we're going to keep working on our men's and women's ministry and working on families. Your marriage needs to be strong. And so we're going to get to that probably next week. Um, we're going to talk along those lines. Hopefully God to let us get there next week. But um, anyway, we're going to remind you, keep the vision in front of you. Take that vision card out and read it. It'll really help you out. Help you stay steady with us. Do you know the worst thing you can have is two visions? When you have two visions, you have division. I'll say it again. When you have two visions, you have division. You have division. And so the pastor of the church usually sets the vision for the church. And then if you get a new pastor, then the vision is going to change because it's a different person, you know. And, uh, but I, I believe that God has given us a vision for our church and what we're supposed to be doing. And so it's just good to know what the vision is. And so take a look at that. Pray over it every now and then. Just pull it out and pray over it, look it over, and learn it. And so we'll hit those points each week. So uh, that is it. I think I've been talking a lot. Do we have any more, Joe? Is that it? That's it. Joe's going, no. Are you, are you alive, Joe? You alive? Okay. All right. Uh, offering time. If ushers, if you, can, uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hands and one of the ushers give you an offering envelope. Thank you, Jesus. We're believing God for increase. Everyone say increase. I remember one time I was listening to this minister. You can make your checks payable to Impact Church. Um, you can also mail your offering in, or you can go online and give. we got people that give online pretty consistently. Every now and then we'll have people mail it in. But I remember uh, this, this uh, minister was talking about, he was a businessman and went into ministry. And um, he had uh, several businesses closed. And um, he said every day, he went, he went to his secretary and he says, how much money do we have? And she quoted how much, and it was less than $100. And 
And he says, that's not even enough to pay you this week, is it? She goes, no, sir, it is not. And he goes, uh, he would drive in front of those empty businesses that were boarded up, boarded up businesses, and he would drive in front of them every day and say, I call you open in the name of Jesus. I call you reopened in Jesus' name. And then he would go home and he would take his checkbook and he would lay it on the floor and he would dance and praise the Lord around the empty checkbook. And he says, I see thousands upon thousands of dollars in this empty checkbook. And he would do that every night. I see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in my empty checkbook. What is he doing? He's calling those things that be not as though they were. Then he did that. And he kept doing that and he kept doing that. And both of those businesses reopened up. And his checkbook was full of money once again. And he never missed a payroll. How many know your faith matters greatly, right? And God increased them. You know, you got to give God something to work with. I'll say it again. You know, money's a tool. It's a seed that you can sow. We worship God with it. But uh, the Bible says a man's gift will make room for himself. We say that that's, yeah, we'll say that when it comes to a call or whatever. But when you really go and study that out more, really your financial gift can make room for you. And um, it's a blessing of the Lord. And so uh, I told that story about the empty checkbook. And one time we were in a situation where that actually happened to us where we didn't have more money. Uh, the enough money that we need. And my wife did that. Didn't you? She did that. <laughs> and she got together with our daughters and would go put the checkbook on the floor and praise God and thank God for the, our checkbook being full and that money came in. And that, that very same thing that he did happen to us, all of a sudden God supernaturally provided the money that we had need of. And we kept moving on. Amen. Someone says, that sounds like the dumbest thing in the world. Why on earth would you want to do that? Because it works. <laughs> Amen. God wants us blessed. Amen. He wants us to prosper in life. Amen. And why does he want us to be blessed? So that we can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. We can be a blessing to other people. How about that? Amen. Amen. God's bigger than us four and no more. He's bigger than that. He, he wants us to bless people, bless ministries and stuff like that. You guys ready? Let's pray. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said in the word of God that you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, and you said you would supply us with seed to sow. So, Father, you've supplied us with something to give into this offering, something to worship you with, something to honor you with. And today we honor you with our tithes and with our offerings, Father. And we thank you for giving us the power to get this. And Father, as we entrust this into your hands, we thank you that you'll bless it and increase it more and more. Thank you, Father. It had come back to us good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, and you'll cause people to give to us. Thank you for, 
financially blessing each family represented here in the room. Thank you for blessing each family that isn't here, that's a normal part of our church, Father. Thank you for blessing them and their family as well. We're a blessed church in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I like modern technology. You know, you can get a text and someone can tell you what to preach. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sister Grace. Well, you guys ready for the Word of God? I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready for the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, turn with us to Luke's Gospel, Chapter 10. Luke's Gospel, the 10th chapter. How many know it's Valentine's Day this week? Nothing says love like Jared. <laughs> and every kiss begins at K or something like that, right? And uh, it's Valentine's Day. My advice to all the men on Valentine's Day, never buy your wife anything that plugs in. <laughs> Unless they specifically ask for it. Don't buy the vacuum cleaner on Valentine's Day. <laughs> All the wives missed a good spot to say amen. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up on Wednesday. And in the month of February, usually you talk about love and stuff like that, a lot of a lot of ministers do. We're going to do that today. It's also Ash Wednesday, the start of the Lenten season for, for the religious community. It's the Lenten, start of the Lenten season. Uh, start working on Jesus. Um, it celebrates Jesus' life as he starts to head down the road, headed to the cross and the resurrection for, on Easter Sunday. And so many um, Christians, not many, a few Christian denominations will have it as a time of repentance and they'll put ashes on their forehead on ash wednesday and then they'll abstain from something most of them abstain for like meat and so that's why you see all the fish commercials on all the restaurants with their fish sandwiches and stuff because on fridays people will eat fish on friday and fast meat and but um, you know how many you know uh, we don't have to put ashes you can put ashes on your forehead if you want to but how many you know we've already repented amen, amen. and uh, we've already we know that we believe that Jesus has already been raised from the dead Jesus is not on the cross someone says hey, you don't have a cross up in your church well we, we don't have to have one but if you want one that's fine but Jesus is no longer on the cross and some people never get past Jesus being on the cross. He's, he was resurrected from the dead. He's no longer on the cross. Amen? And so, uh, you know, if you want a uh, cross in your church, that's fine. But just because you don't have one doesn't mean that we've been backslidden. I don't know why am I saying all these things. Just, uh, you know, deal with the religious side of things. But... Uh, we're going to take a look at the subject of love today. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Are you guys ready? Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. I didn't get there. I've been talking. I've got to turn there. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. 
And verse number 25 is where we wanted to start. Jesus is speaking, and it's, there's a story here, and he's not speaking here, but it starts. And it says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to, in, um, to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And he answered and said, you shall, love the love your, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. Well, that's an amazing portion of scripture, isn't it? And I, Now, this is a Pharisee, a, a, a lawyer, someone that knows something about the law, a scribe maybe. And here he asks this Jesus a question because he's concerned about eternal life. And under the Old Testament, this is how you got eternal life. Now let's keep reading here. And he's in verse 28, and he said to him, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Look at your neighbor and say, Who is my neighbor? And when G then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, and we arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word of God today. We thank you that there are things for all of us to glean that will help us in life. Today, during this message, we believe that you are speaking to all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Amen. You know, um, <clears throat> the topic of love comes up a lot at Valentine's Day, but love is more than just Valentine's Day. Love is a part of our whole lives. As believers, you and I as believers, uh, something called the love of God belongs to you and I, and love is a very important topic in the Bible. Here, you know, uh, this man is interested in eternal life. And his eternal life was connected to something called love. Very interesting. And then, of course, he wants to justify himself. Maybe in his mind he thought, well, maybe I'm justified by not loving a certain individual. How many of you know loving people is, uh, can be difficult sometimes? There are some people, you and I, we want to love them long distance. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> just reach out and touch them every once a year. We can touch them once a year. That's love for us, right? And uh, loving people can get, be really messy, you know? And I don't know about you. Some people are just high drama. Anyone ever had to love people that are high drama? Ah, that's tough, isn't it? But we want to talk about love today. And the title of this message is Living in a Neighborhood Called Love. Living in a Neighborhood Called Love. Everyone said a neighborhood, neighborhood. called love. You know, um, that's important that you and I live in a neighborhood called love. And we're going to give you some points today that I believe will help you. You know, here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse number 27, it says this. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is someone that's in the neighborhood. Your neighbor is someone that's in your neighborhood, right? And in this particular illustration, Jesus uses a man that was coming down uh, uh, from um, Jerusalem, Jericho, and he's going along the road here, and he gets mugged on the road. Now, you have some individuals that's on the road here, and they come across this guy, and he's gotten mugged. How many of you know, first of all, mugging people isn't very neighborly? <laughs> holding people at gunpoint or whatever, or they pulled out their swords or something, but they decided to mug, the, to mug them on the road, right? That isn't very lovely, you know? And so he got mugged on the road. Well, you know, you have a priest that comes by, and he doesn't want to get involved. You know, just because we wear a robe or have our collar on backwards or what have you, uh, doesn't mean that uh, uh, as a minister of gospel that people will always walk in love. All right? Then you have a Levite who walks by. And then, of course, the Levites, the Levitical priesthood, they're involved in the ministry and the works of the things of God and the house of God or what have you. And the Levite didn't get anything. But it was this Samaritan who got involved here. This Samaritan recognized this man's in the neighborhood. Now, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't have anything to do with one another, hardly at all. They uh, were prejudiced, and they were bigots toward each other. The Jews didn't have anything to do with the Samaritans because they, they were like half-Jews, and the Samaritans thought that the Jews um, hated them, so they wouldn't have anything to do with them. But it was this Samaritan. I want to say a Samaritan. It was this Samaritan who came down the road and started ministering to this man. So the first thing, living in a neighborhood called love starts with loving God first. If you're taking notes, write that down. Living in the neighborhood called love starts with loving God first. Everyone say God first. You know, it's, it, you're going to just have problems with people if you don't love God. <clears throat> You know, if you can love God, you can love people. I'll say that again. If you can love God, you can love people. You can love anybody. You really can. If you love God, you can love folks. Amen? 
you know, this is Super Bowl Sunday, right? And, uh, you know, if you happen to follow a certain team, you have a hard time loving people on the other team, you know? Now, personally, I'm rooting for the 49ers. Anyone got 49ers? We got a few of 49ers. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that is not my team. My team is the Browns, right? But I'm rooting for the 49ers because I'm a, I have been watching Brock Purdy, their quarterback, play since he was in college. He played for Iowa State. And Iowa State was the Cyclones, Iowa State Cyclones. And then I was a Hawkeye fan. So I live in Iowa, and I like the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the, the, the Cyclones were our arch rivals, and people hated the Cyclones, you know. And, uh, but every year that he was in college, he would throw the ball. He was the type of quarterback, you know, he'd just throw the ball. He'd throw an interception, and he didn't bug him at all. He'd come back and just throw it again. He may throw two interceptions again. It didn't matter him. He's going to throw the ball. And he, it, it just never shook him. And he used to give our team fits. And so I'm pulling for him. And then also because he's a believer as well. So that's a good reason to pull for him, right? But, you know, uh, just because your, your arch rival is there with you, right? That doesn't mean that you can't love him, Right? But loving people starts with loving God first. That's the point that I notice. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? All your soul, all your soul. How many know you got to put some effort into loving God? <laughs> Thus, you are here on Sunday morning. <laughs> You're putting effort into loving God. You're to be commended for that, right? And as you put effort into loving God, it becomes easier loving people. Those things go hand in hand. And so that's the first point that I wanted to give you. Matthew's Gospel, the 22nd chapter, in verse 37, Jesus said unto him, repeating this again in a little different way, Jesus said unto him, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it, or similar to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Woo! Jesus summed up the whole law, the book of Moses, the law, the, the, the books that Moses wrote, and the prophets are all summed up in this one thing. It's called love. That's what it's all about. That's what all the prophets are writing about and pointing toward. That's what the law of Moses was all about, is why don't you walk in love with people, right? When <clears throat> we love God, when we follow his commandments. We love God when we follow his commandments, right? If we don't follow his commandments, it's a sure sign that we don't love God. Where do you get that at? John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's powerful, isn't it? Jesus said, if you love me, why don't you just keep my commandments? Whatever I tell you to do, just keep it. That shows that you love me. Right? In John's Gospel, 14, chapter, verse 23, Jesus answers and said unto him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You know what that's called? That's called when you, I, I used to put, I used to say that's a visitation. That's not a visitation. That is God has planned it when he makes his home with you and I. Amen. When you love him, you love the father, the father and him come and make his, and hey, guess what? His home is in us. Amen. There are people in the world that God don't live in. But he lives in you and I because we decided to love him. And actually, he loved us first because he loved us when we were still sinners. He loved us first. And so having the love of God in you makes all the difference in the world. Amen. First John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not uh, burdensome. It's not a burden to us, right? And so it's important for us to love God first, amen? If you, you, you got to get that under your belt first, loving God first, then, coming, then comes loving people next. Point number two, loving in a neighborhood called love means that we must love people, Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to love people. I've heard ministers say the ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> when a minister gets to that point, how I many you know uh, he, the brother needs some help, right? It's about loving people. Ministry is about people, serving people, ministering to people, right? And people aren't always easy to love, Right? Because sometimes um, we know how to give people fits <laughs> because we want to put them in a box and you want them to do what we want them to do, the way we want them to do it. And if they do anything other than that, we want to slap them upside the head. That is not love. <laughs> and, um, you know, and just because you're in church doesn't mean that you're going to love people. I will never get all this out in this message today. I'll say it again. Just because you're in church doesn't mean that you're going to love people. We'll come back to that, right? Now, notice this. Loving people requires some things out of us. Here in this story where this Samaritan, he was on his journey, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Verse 34, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 34. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Did you know that sometimes people are hurting? There's people here in the room this morning. Some of you are hurting. There's wounds. People haven't done you right. There's hurts there. There's pain there. You know, I, I found this out. You know, people that hurt other people are usually people that have been hurt themselves. You know, studies shows, I remember reading this years ago, but uh, you, you find a kid that's been uh, sexually abused as a kid, 50% of them will go out and abuse someone else out as an adult. That was years ago I saw that. And I thought, wow, that's staggering. That seed's there. It's been planted on the inside of them. They're hurt. And so, but this guy... He bandaged his wounds, and then he started to pour in the oil and the wine, right? He's got some wounds, 
Got to get the wounds, got to get the germs out and stuff like that. And then he set them on his own animal, and then he brought them to the inn. You know, I didn't know that they brought people to the Holiday Inn back in those days, but they took them to the inn, right? And he gets them a room, and he tells the innkeeper to take care of him. And he says, you know, I'm going to pay for the room, and then if there's any more that I owe you, when I come next time, I'll pay you. And he is demonstrating love. Love pours into people. Love helps them get healed in life. Are you getting this this morning, right? It's really important, amen? You know, we come into, uh, sometimes we come into marriage and we come in wounded, right? And you come in wounded and you know what? People need love. They need help getting healed in life. And everyone, sooner or later in life, will be wounded at one time or another, There are people today that the only reason they're not in church is because they've been wounded by someone in the church or something took place in the church or whatever. And it just it just causes lots of problems. You know, then then Jesus asked the question, which are the one do you think loved his neighbor? Well, the one the man answered said the one that showed mercy. He goes, then you and you go and do likewise. Did you know we should show people mercy? You know? There's just, there's just so much you could say here along these lines. But sometimes in church is the place where you'll find the least amount of love. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, I, I, I remember years ago there was a, a pastor that was, uh, we were in Iowa when we were pastoring. There's a pastor that we knew and we liked him and stuff. And we saw his associate pastor. And his associate pastor seemed to be down and depressed. And we took note of it. Remember that? We took note of it. And um, the pastor had been traveling and had started going to Africa and ministering, so he was gone more from the church. And I said to Julie, I said, I believe the associate pastor is upset because his pastor has gone all the time, and he has a lot of work and a responsibility, and he's not happy about that. And so I, I went to the pastor, and we saw the pastor, and I said to him, I said, I think so-and-so called the associate pastor's name is upset. Uh, I think that you need to check up on him. He, something's not right there. And the pastor just kind of like, ah, no, nah, he's fine. No, no, something's not right. No, he's fine. You know, and I'm like, okay. Well, we told him, you know. Well, I, I think it was about, it wasn't that long later, just months later, that associate pastor decided to leave the church. And when he left the church, he took about half the church with him. And went 10 miles down the road and started a new church. How many of you know that's not love? Love doesn't steal somebody else's sheep. This is why I tell people if someone's attending a church, don't try to talk them into coming to our church. If they're there, or they're planted in that church, let them stay there. Amen? There's a lot of people that aren't attending church. So how about going after them? Amen? That's what love would do. I'll say it again. That's what love would do. You know? I remember as a pastor, I remember um, <clears throat> I had someone came to me, and this lady came to me and says, Pastor, you know, was talking about so-and-so. And this lady said to me, you know, this lady in our church, and they attended church together there every week just about, and they and this and she said that lady hasn't spoken to me in years. 
won't greet me, won't say hello in church, won't say hi because she's offended. How many know that's not love? We don't want to get caught up in that air, do we? No, we want to show people mercy. We want to help people, amen? We want to help them make a recovery. You guys hanging in here with me this morning, right? Why is this important? Because, um, you know, um, as we move forward as a church, the enemy wants to get us out of love with one another. Amen? He, that's how he conquers churches, get division and strife in a church. I mean, you know, we need to stay in unity with one another, right? Just need a lot of people, right? Sometimes we get upset over the dumbest things. <laughs> we do. You know? That's, the, those are, that's small potatoes. You know? Don't let that stuff get you down. You've got to shake that stuff off, you know? And just go about your business. I hope you're getting this today. Go with me to Romans chapter 5, please. Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Anyone remember Barney the Purple Dinosaur? Remember back in the 90s, it was Barney. Purple dinosaur. Not Duke, it was Barney. Not Dino, it was Barney. <laughs> Dino was with the Flintstones. But Barney the purple dinosaur used to sing that song about I love you, you love me, <laughs> right? Something like we're one, one, one big happy family. That's the way it should be in the church. I love you, you should love me, and we're one big happy family. Amen? You start having family issues when you get people out of love. Romans chapter 5, in verse number 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. Everyone say, in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit whom was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us in, thou, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Christ died for us when we were still a mess. We were sinners. We were missing the mark. To sin means to miss the mark. We were missing the mark, Right. But Christ died for us anyway, right? Did you know that sometimes when you're loving people, you have to die? In other words, it's not always going to be the way you want it. But we're still going to love people. Amen? Amen? This is a really great message. I'm so glad you guys are here today. And I needed to. Yeah, in other words, we'll have to, uh, there's something in us. Jesus died on the cross because he loved us, and it was painful. And sometimes when you love people, you got to do things that are painful, endure pain. But if you'll do it, it'll help them. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. 
Why? Because we're, we're doing our best to love them. Christ died for us when we were still yet sinners because he loved us. And sometimes you and I have to die, take up our cross, and just follow Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen? You're there in Romans. Go to Romans chapter 13, please. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 8. Romans chapter 13, verse number 8. It says this. This is a great portion of Scripture. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Stop right there. What is the only thing we owe people? The only thing we owe people is something called love, right? Now, if that's what we owe them, can we give them what we owe them? Yes, you can. Why? Because we just read the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen? So the love of God's on the inside of us so that we can pay the debt that we owe people, which is a debt called love. We have the capacity of loving some of the most ugliest people that you would ever run across. We have the capacity to do that. And here it says, owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. When we love people, we've fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, notice this, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. King James says, love does no ill to his neighbor. And love is the fulfillment of the law. The law is, notice this, if you love God and you love people, Jesus said a new commandment I give you, right? That you love one another as I have loved you. That's a new commandment, right? So you don't need 10, and actually there are more than 10 commandments. You don't need all the commandments. If you just walk in love, you're going to fulfill the 10 commandments, right? If you love people, you're not going to steal from them, right? If you love people, you're not going to lie about them, right? If you love people, you're not going to gossip about them. Gossip. The G word. <laughs> you're not going to gossip about them, right? Because we love people, right? So we're not going to have pastor for lunch today. Because <laughs> we love pastor, Right? I remember this minister was talking about um, this man who was a pastor at his church, and he was talking about the fact that um, the pastor was voted out. The church voted the pastor out because they had a congregational vote. And the pastor was mad at the church because they voted him out. And so um, uh, it was a church split. Half the church wanted the pastor to stay, the other half wanted him to leave, and so it was an ugly situation. So this, they voted in this new pastor. The new pastor was there, and people were not loving one another. Well, this, the former pastor was living in there in the area, and uh, he was going around visiting the church members that uh, were disgruntled, and he would talk to them and try to get them not to go to church. And then he would receive uh, tithes 
he would receive money from them. So the new pastor noticed that there are people coming to the church, but they would never give in the offering. And he knew what was going on, that the people were giving the money to the old pastor. How many of you know that's not love? That's not a good situation. And so <clears throat> they are part of a denomination. So the head or the district guy in the denomination says, you know what, we're going to pull this man's papers so that he can never minister again in our denomination if you just say so. And this minister said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he goes, well, why? He's, he's not doing what's right to your own church member. He goes, I don't want to contribute to a man's downfall. I'm going to walk in love with him. I thought, well, praise God. You know, when you make it your business to destroy another human being, you're not walking in love. I wish a lot of our politicians knew that. The personal destruction of another person, that's not walking in love. But then, you know, if we'll listen, we'll do, end up saying and doing the same thing. You know, they may be on the other side of the aisle from you and I, but we're supposed to love them. That's what we owe them, right? So this pastor says, no, I don't want to contribute to his downfall. He goes, I want to do something to bless him, you know? I'm just going to walk in love. I'll, I'll forgive him or whatever, you know? And so this uh, former pastor did some work done in his house, and this is back in the days when, I think it was during, still during the Great Depression, and so this... Um, uh, the new pastor said, I'll come and help you. And he did some work, put some wallpaper up in his house. Back then they had wallpaper and stuff. Helped him wallpaper his house. And the, the old pastor says, well, how much do I owe you? He goes, I don't owe you anything. He goes, you don't owe me anything. He goes, I helped you wallpaper for free. I just wanted to bless you. And this man and his wife started crying. And they grabbed each other's hands and said, oh, pastor so-and-so, you know, thank you. And you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, you know, we've, I just want to let you know that we've never spoken a word against you. And then he says, well, you know, you've may have not spoken a word against me, but you spoke a word against the church that I pastor. And if you're speaking a word against the church, you have spoken against me. We need to be careful about speaking words against other churches. If you've left a church or whatever, be careful what you say. He says, you, you spoke a word against our church. You spoke a word against me because I'm part of that church. I'm the pastor. He says, well, I'm sorry, brother so-and-so, I'm sorry. You know, and he says, well, you know, we, you know, we haven't, we haven't done anything. You know, we haven't um, received any tithes or offerings or anything like that. And this new pastor says, well, you know, uh, these people, there are people by church, they come every Sunday, but they haven't given anything into the offering. And he goes, oh, well, you know, they, I didn't know that. They were giving me the money. Well, they're giving you our tithes and offerings, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. We just want to see you blessed. We'll be fine. Still walking in love. Very interesting. And then... The new pastor said to the old pastor, because they're wallpaper in the house so they can sell it and move to a new place. And so the uh, new pastor said to him, I tell you what, brother, before you and your wife leave town, because they are both ministers, they both preach, he says, I want you and your wife to come over to our church and to preach. 
and we want to give you an offering and bless you before you leave town. How many know love works no ill toward his neighbor? Yeah. Oh, we couldn't do that. No, they're, they're going to they'll run us out. No, no, anyone that says a word against you in that service, I'll stop them. They came, they ministered. The husband ministered Sunday morning. The wife ministered Sunday evening. They received an offering from him and blessed him. And the pastor got up there, uh, the former pastor got up there and says, folks, I just want to say that I'm, I'm wrong. And he goes, I just want to ask you to forgive me. He goes, I've spoken against this church and against this pastor. I said it isn't of God, but obviously this is of God. This, this man has opened his pulpit up. I used to be the former pastor here in this church. And I said it wasn't of God, but you know, the whole time I was here, this church didn't run as many people as you're running now. This church is full today. When I was here, the church was never full. I was here all these years and never had the church as full as this. So God's involved here. And I want to publicly say I was wrong for criticizing this church, and I want you to forgive me. How many know that's love? Now, why, why am I telling that story? Because love is the way to victory. Amen? Right? Faith, hope, love. What is it? The greatest of these is love. The greatest of those three is love. If you're not walking in love, it'll hinder your faith. Amen? If you don't have any hope, then there's nothing for your faith to latch on to, right? And so love is the greatest of those three. So we need to make a decision. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. You know, when Judas was betraying Jesus at the Last Supper, he knew that Judas was going to betray him. He says, whatever you're going to do, go and do it quickly. And he betrayed him with the kiss of death. And he knew that. But Jesus didn't kick him out from the table, did he? You know, uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Remember, he was at the table, got up, put the, took his clothes off, put a towel around him. And as a servant, washed his feet and served everyone, washed every person's feet. Do you know Judas' feet got washed that night? You know, if it was like some people would say, you know what, your feet stink and you stink. <laughs> and your mama stinks. <laughs> and he just loved him. He loved Judas, served him. Amen. I haven't even had time to get into that, but love... Loving your neighbor, if you're going to be in the neighborhood of love, you're going to be in the neighborhood where you're going to serve one another with love. And the Bible says that these God will, people will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have one for another. Amen? You want people to know that God's here in this church and that we're disciples and followers of God? We need to love one another. Amen? I need to love you, and you need to love me, and we need to all love one another and be one happy family. Amen? Amen. Living in the neighborhood called love. It starts by loving God first, and then as you love God, you can love people because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. We can love people. We can forgive people. Man, stand on your feet, please. We're done here for today.
just got to introduce. We'll pick it up next week, and we'll talk some more about love. We'll add some things to it, maybe go in a little different direction. In the 70s, anyone remember Captain and Tennille? Had the big number one hit, Love Will Keep Us Together. They got a divorce. <laughs> Love didn't keep them together. They didn't practice what they preached. Matter of fact, their marriage was just nothing but chaos. And they, were, they didn't know how to love one another because they didn't have the love of God in their hearts. They didn't know God. The love of God hadn't been shed abroad in their hearts. You know? We need to love people. We need to love people that are of a different political persuasion than us. We need to love a president even if we didn't vote for him or don't agree with him. We owe it to him to love him. And if we love him, we should pray for him. Amen. We need to love those in our family. Husbands and wives should love one another. Children should love their parents. We just need to love one another. Well, if we haven't been loving one another, what are we supposed to do, Pastor? Make an adjustment. <laughs> Repent and just say, God, I'm going in a different direction. I'm going in the direction of love. I'm going to live in the neighborhood of love. I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to go back and ask for forgiveness. I'm going to pray for him. I'm, I'm going to do my best, Lord, to love this person from here on out. I'm wrong, God, and you're right. The word of God's right. I'm wrong, and you're right. Your word says that we're supposed to love people. I'm, gonna, I'm making a decision today. Forgive me. I'm making a decision to love this person. That's where it starts at. So I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if there's someone, I've been doing this message, you know. You know. Oh, you know, if there's someone on your heart, the Holy Spirit's bringing someone to your heart that's been difficult to love, or maybe you haven't been loving them, just ask God to forgive you as I pray this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. We're determined to live in the neighborhood called love. And Father, today we're going to expand the neighborhood by expanding who we love, Father. Today, we just ask that you forgive us for loving, not loving people, not loving them the way that we ought to. You said in your word, oh, no man, anything except to love them. So we're going we're gonna to give this person love. Forgive me for not walking in love. Help me to love them with your love. I'll do better, Lord. I'll improve my love walk. And it'll be a blessing in my life. In Jesus' name, someone say amen. 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 Well, welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a great neighborhood to live in, amen? It's a good neighborhood to live in. I didn't tell this, but I was praying. I just felt prompted. Ah, I wasn't going to say it, but I remember years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm just once around two minutes, this uh, man was dying of a terminal disease, and he asked me to pray for him. And he says, you're a pastor. If you, if you pray for, if think about it, pray for me. And if God shows you anything about me, I want you to let me know. So 
was praying for the guy. And you know what God showed me? God showed me why he was sick. And he showed me why he was going through what he was going through. So I met with him and I said to him, I said, brother, you told me to pray for you and I want you to know that I did. And this is, only, God's only done this once, has never done it for anyone else. But this man's dying of a terminal disease. And I said, God, show me two things about you. And I, and I told him what the first one was. And then I said, the second one is, what about this thing called love? And when I said that, he dropped his head. And he didn't say anything. I said, brother, what about this thing called love? And he said to me, you know what, pastor? He said, you're right. I haven't been walking in love. There's friction between me and he mentioned a relative in his family. I said, well, you know, you're here in this situation. You got this terminal disease. Why don't you go and fix that? Get that taken care of, you know? get that taken care of well he went ahead and he, he died he died of that disease but there were two things that God showed me and God told me to tell him that's never happened only once has God ever shown me why a person's dying like that but this, it was one of the things had to do with his love walk we need to love one another amen amen Amen. Well, I want you to know that Julie and I, as your pastors, we love you. Not mad at anybody. Amen. Not going to get mad at you. Now, if you do something wrong, I may correct you, but I'm going to correct you because I love you. <laughs> but we love you. We're glad you're here. Turn around and greet four or five people. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.